welcome back today for episode 18 on the Resilience Institute podcast. And today we're going to go over how to tell if you're actually training hard enough. And the way we do this is we use what is called RPE or rate of perceived exertion and also RIR, which is reps in reserve. So RPE, rate of perceived exertion, measures the intensity of an exercise. So it uses a score out of 10. So you can actually quantify how difficult a particular exercise was. And then RIR or reps in reserve kind of correlates with RPE and it's how many reps you felt like you could have done uh, before completely failing. So an RPE of 10 would equate to an RIR of zero, meaning it was 10 out of 10 hard and you couldn't have done another rep no matter what. An RPE of nine would equate to an RIR of one, RPE of eight, RIR of two, and so on. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but they're both commonly used in resistance training to determine what the load selection should be, and that allows us to guide um, progressive overload, but also prevent going too close to failure, which we'll dive into soon. And before I get going, I'd just like to say a quick thank you for all of you who listen to this regularly and those that message me saying thank you or that they're enjoying these podcasts. I love knowing that I'm helping you all. And if you could take a second to give the podcast a follow and a review and even share it to um, someone you know or your Instagram story and tag me or anything like that, it would mean the world and it can help me help more people like you. So just a quick thank you and, and I wanted to say that, but let's continue. So Muscular failure is where a person is unable to meet and overcome the demands of an exercise. So this causes an involuntary endpoint. So you literally fail and you can't do any more. Involuntary, you don't have a choice. So there's two types. So we have absolute and technical failure. So absolute failure is where no matter what funky technique you do or muscles you start to um, recruit and use that you're not meant to, you physically cannot do another rep. And this is where like your your exercise will start to look really obviously wrong. Um, and then technical failure is where with the set technique you've been taught or you're aiming for, you cannot do another rep without changing technique. So this could be adding momentum, flaring your elbows, rounding your back, arching your back, leaning over side to side or something. This is where your technique fails. And while technical failure is good, the problem is if you end it, with just the slightest breakdown of technique, you will most likely finish your set well before your muscles even been stimulated or put through a stimulating stress and intensity for adaptation. So you want to aim for somewhere in the middle, like a little form breakdown is fine, but once you start to look like you're doing a completely different exercise or you notice you begin to look like you're the Hulk when he goes through his transformation and he turns around on the floor and rolls and rolls his neck around and stuff, you've probably cheated a little. And that's the way I like to explain it to some of my clients is when you start to look like the Hulk, when he turns into the Hulk, you're probably cheating. And there's a diff, also an important difference between could you have gone harder or should you have gone harder? So for hypertrophy adaptations in particular, but this also applies similarly to strength, the adaptations will remain the same whether you finish a set within two to five reps of failure. So that's kind of the midpoint where you're between technical and absolute failure or if you go to full failure. So that's where you're now looking like the Hulk as he rolls around on the ground. So a study in 2020 concluded that the final two reps, and I mean the actual final two reps before failure, they're disproportionately fatiguing. So the benefits you get from it are disproportionate to the amount of fatigue and recovery debt you place on yourself. So 
what they did is they measured measured bench press um, bench press tech strength. Twenty four hours. I can't speak far out. Um, Twenty four hours after training. So, and they they compared it between someone who went to non failure and that was that leaving two reps in the tank, or someone who completely failed. And the non-failure group was 0.57% stronger 24 hours later. And the failure group was 7.2% weaker. So they were both getting the same stimulation for strength and muscle growth, but but going to full failure made them significantly weaker and more fatigued in the next 24 hours. And you can see how now, if you're getting similar adaptations, but you're making yourself significantly weaker and more fatigued, you can see how it's now going to place a larger recovery debt on your body that they now have to recover from. And it can also impair subsequent training sessions. So if you're intelligent and you're training a muscle more than once per week, what's going to happen is if you're not recovering in time, you're going to decrease the amount of load and volume you can complete in those subsequent sessions. And then it rolls on and you impair the amount of adaptation you can achieve. And then you get into this nasty cycle of going to failure and getting suboptimal adaptation and recovery. And another study, so this one was a systematic review and meta-analysis on muscular strength and hypertrophy. Um, It was also done in 2020. And that concluded that you get similar increases in muscle size and it can be attained regardless of whether or not your training is carried out to full failure. And that's that absolute full failure. But the difference, like I just said, is going to full absolute failure will lead to that larger recovery debt. So you're going to be sore, take longer to recover um, to baseline after your session. And it's going to impair adaptations and hypertrophy and strength over time. And you're also probably going to place more stress on your joints due to the increased load, um, stress and intensity. So too long, didn't read or didn't listen. In an optimal world, we want to get as much hypertrophy and strength with as little fatigue as possible. So this is where we land with that two to four reps in reserve or an RPE of around six to eight for the most of our training. But you're probably thinking, how do I, how do we quantify this and how do I know if I'm actually training hard enough? So we go back to RPE and RIR. So 10 equates to zero and so on. There's a lot of debate about what the magic RPE is and there's been no agreed upon gold standard or anything. But the majority do, however, agree that you're going to need to at least hit a 6 or a 7 RPE or a 3 to 5 reps in reserve to get the most out of your sets. So if you're going anything lower than that, you're probably not going to be stimulating your muscle for hypertrophy and strength as much as you should. But it's also important to note that with different exercises, you can get away with different intensities. So for example, if you're doing a heavy compound movement with decent weight and let's say you're doing sets of one to six reps. You may require a slightly lower RPE or reps in reserve to stimulate the majority of your muscle fibers for growth. So let's say um, in terms of reps in reserve, that's going to be about two to four. But if you're doing something like an isolated bicep curl or a lateral raise for let's say 12 to 15 reps, you may need to leave less reps in reserve. So let's say only one to two to stimulate the same amount of muscle fibers because you aren't doing as much load. And another example is like an RPE 8 heavy deadlift is going to be a lot more fatiguing for the entire body and the nervous system than a lateral raise at the same RPE simply due to the amount of load and energy that it requires and stability and and the tax it puts on the nervous system. So 
the problem people have is now you're probably going like, oh, well, how do I know how many reps I have left or how do I know what I'm meant to do for what exercise? And the best way to explain it is that most people grossly actually underestimate how many reps that they could still do. And that's where you're leaving gains on the table. And one strategy that you can use to start to get a better idea of how hard you can train is it's called an anchoring set. And I learned this from Jeff Nippard a while ago. And this is where you go to the gym and you pick an exercise or a few depending on what your training structure is and you go to absolute full fatigue. But the trick is when you're doing the exercise, you tell yourself like even in your head or out loud, whatever you want, when you're at an RPE 8 and when you think you could do two more reps. So you say, yep, RPE 8, but then you continue to go until you fully fail. And this is where you may find that let's say it's an RPE 8 and you say 8, and you did said that at 10 reps, for example. But then if you do another six reps, your judgment's obviously slightly off and you don't quite have the knack of, of knowing where you are. So you can use that and be like, hey, wow, I actually had six more reps in the tank after I said I was an RPE 8. So that's probably actually like an RPE 5 or something. So using an anchoring set and actually going to failure every now and then can be helpful. And with more practice and by training with more intent and strategy rather than just going to the gym and going through the motions, you'll start to get a better feel for how hard you actually are training and how good you are at actually picking your RPE. And another strategy that I like and one of the easier ones is looking at your rep speed. And more research is coming out on how velocity loss or, or like your rep speed decreasing has a relationship with reps in reserve and rate of perceived exertion. So, you can, there are equations and things like this and you can use machines and, and technology, but for your average gym goer, you don't actually need to do these equations, but it can be helpful to film your sets and watch them and see if your reps got slower as the set went on. So you may feel like it's hard and challenging in the moment, but if then you watch the film and you notice your reps are fast the entire set and the speed doesn't really change, you probably didn't actually push close enough to failure. So but then again, if you notice your first five reps were flying and they were fast of a 10 rep set, let's say, for example, and then you gradually got slower and the last two were noticeably slower, but you still probably could have grinded another two, that's when you know you probably were at an RPE 8 or reps in reserve of two. So this is my job and even I can be guilty of it sometimes. So we're all human, like... We're not these perfect, intelligent machines that can just know exactly, but this is where practice and experience come into play and looking at your sets on film and seeing if they slow down or not can actually tell you whether you were getting close to failure because as fatigue increases, speed and velocity slow down. So, And this is why I also don't like purposefully altering time under tension. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen my discussion and rant about time under tension, and, but research has found that altering it intentionally can actually have negligible results um, um, on hypertrophy and strength and can even impede your adaptations because it reduces the amount of load you're using by purposefully slowing everything down. So you don't you want to let time under tension and your rep speed naturally slow down because if it naturally slows down, you know that it's because you're fatiguing fibers and you're stimulating muscle fibers for adaptation rather than you just doing a really slow weight and purposefully slowing it down. So there are a lot of things in there to think about, um, but when you actually, like I said, practice it and start to put it into practice, you can start to see where you're at and where your actual um, knowledge is and how good you are at estimating where you are 
in terms of getting close to failure. So using the anchoring sets every now and then and using video can be helpful. But if you want help figuring out and planning this or, or programming it and how to incorporate RPE and reps in reserve into your training to make it more effective and efficient, then simply just reach out to me by sending me an Instagram DM and I'll be able to help you out. But for today, that's all. Um, and until next time, we'll talk soon.